um, had to do um, with an Italian family who had to do with the olive business, olive oil, olive business, I don't know. But he rose up out of that family. And, and, and from what I could see, you would almost call them the olive king of Italy, this family. And he really was to be the next pope uh, after John Paul II. He would have been named the next pope. But he wasn't. And the reason being is John Paul II lived past his time in order to change this whole cycle that, it, that we are in. If we had lived in the cycle according to how Malachi actually saw it unfold, and we would have seen a destructive action in order to bring about the change, then John Paul II would have died at the time of the assassination attempt. That would have been the end of his reign, and a new cardinal would have been named, and I believe then it would have been this cardinal out of Italy that was out of this olive family. I don't know for sure, but this is what I saw. And um, let's go back for a second. The hierarchical community is made up of many different souls that serve humanity and serve the movement of spirit in many different ways. And they do answer to the Holy Spirit and those that serve the Holy Spirit. And they do serve the flow of grace. And they disperse that grace however they can. They can't disperse it as directly through the action of the name of God into the consciousness of humanity to bring about a change, but it can disperse it in other ways in order to bring about some levels of change in the outer flow, even if it doesn't change so much the inner, to bring about liberation. Some of these that serve on this hierarchical community are very well known through different mystical and metaphysical organizations, and some still remain unknown even today. Uh, one that serves this community very well is the one who is known as uh, Mother Mary. She isn't a, a board member. She doesn't sit on the board of the hierarchy, but she does serve with the action of the Holy Spirit to assist in the flow of evolution and to assist in bringing humanity up to new levels of uh, godliness, if you will, of self-righteousness, not self-righteousness, I'm sorry, of, of living a righteous path, a, a righteous life, a spiritual life. Um, she interceded, from what I could see, along with the hierarchical community to allow a change to take place. And it was very important for this change to take place so that it wouldn't be changed through destruction. It would be changed through change. I've talked about this so many times that uh, about 20 years ago on the planet there was a new consciousness instituted. Change through change and not through destruction. Well, the old way and the old flow and the way Malachi saw it was it was going to be changed through destruction and Rome will be destroyed in the end of times and the day of judgment. Well, that's not going to take place. It's going to be 
a different process of change through change and not destruction if the hierarchical community has its way in serving the grace for the evolutionary cycles. And so in order to do that, it was necessary to work it so that the Pope that was going to be assassinated would live past his time so that the process could be changed and that the evolution could be stepped up into this pattern of change through change and not destruction. And that was the beginning of this cycle. Before that, it was changed to destruction. And what was taking place? Someone was trying to destroy the papacy. Someone was trying to destroy a life. They shot and attempted to assassinate the Pope. That would be changed to destruction. Well, the hierarchical community would not have that, nor would the grace of the Holy Spirit have that, because it would serve the old path, the old process of evolution, and continue that process of change through destruction, and not allow this new frequency to really grow and continue and come into its own, so that humanity could step up into a higher frequency of evolution than it has been uh, prior. So they interceded and the Pope lived. And the Pope knew that this was a possibility because of, and again, I'm just, I'm saying this because this is what I saw. I don't know if this is true. But according to what I saw, the prophecies of Fantima told the Pope that that was what was going to take place. Now, if you look, the Pope, after that assassination attempt, really became very devoted to Our Lady of Fantima and went and visited there and really dedicated the rest of his papacy to her and what he felt was her intercession for him. And I think that the hierarchical community, Mary, the Holy Spirit, and the action of grace through the Holy Spirit did intercede to grant him a longer life. Now, it is also interesting that in the papacy, I'm just trying to get some information here. Um, well, I, okay. <laughs> I'm trying to make sense of all this because it's got like three different things going on. Um, so, uh, if I'm right, and you can correct me because I, I'm, I'm just kind of going by what's being presented right now, you had to be 80 or under as a cardinal in order to vote. Is that right? And you could not be voted in Pope as uh, if you were uh, over 80, 80 or above. The cardinal that would have been voted in as the Pope after John Paul II, if he had died at the assassination attempt, would have been this Italian Pope that would have been involved or come from this olive family of Italy. But he is now older than 80. And now I'm going to get on the blind and try to find this out for sure. I just got this this afternoon and I haven't had a chance to do anything with it to find out for sure what this is all about. 
And um, uh, so he could not be made Pope. So Pope John Paul lived long enough not to allow him to become Pope. The one that Malachi prophesied did not become Pope. So the process of evolution now, the process of the evolving consciousness that Malachi based his prophecies on has changed. It has changed. So now we've moved into a whole new pattern based more on grace, the Holy Spirit, and the action of the Spirit through these different mediators, if you will, towards assisting the process of the frequency increasing on this planet for the evolutionary cycles to change and for this consciousness of change through change to really manifest more fully than ever before. And I think we'll see that happen. Now, I'm not saying we're not going to witness things on this planet that are going to be destructive. I think that the old way, the old tribal traditions, the old consciousness, the old religious beliefs are still going to be fighting against the change, fighting against this new frequency, trying to bring it to an end. So we may see a lot yet take place, but it will not be what was to take place if this new frequency wasn't coming into manifestation, if these, this door into a new reality of increased frequency in the evolutionary cycle wasn't available. And now I know that the Holy Spirit has really laid out uh, a new format, a new foundation by which a lot of this can take place. And it really started back at the time with the assassination attempt on the Pope and his living past that time. And it's interesting too, I do know this just from hearing about what was going on with the Pope uh, during his life, is that uh, four years ago he was considering retirement. He really thought he would retire because of his health and his not able to really serve the, the Vatican and the Catholic Church well. And yet something inside of him didn't allow him to do that. And I feel that that was, again, the grace moving in him to tell him he needed to live out his papacy fully so that this other pope, this other pope, this other cardinal could not be elected pope and fulfill the evolutionary cycle of the old that Malachi prophesied on, but rather that he would live to a date in time where the other cardinal could not be voted in and a new cycle would be born. Now, this new pope, I think, is still going to be very conservative. He's going to hold to a hard line. And that's because on the planet today, the religious community, the religious consciousness is struggling against this change, against this new frequency. And what do you do when somebody comes in and tells you you have to change, you have to do things different? You dig in your heels and you go, oh, yeah, I'll show you. I'm going to stay the same. I'm not going to change. You can't make me change. Well, that's what all the religious communities are doing right now. They're all digging their heels in. And the way they're doing that is they're going back to their old conservative roots, back to their roots, back to their tradition. And they're holding tight to it in order to try to maintain the old way. Well, they're going to struggle. 
they in the Catholic Church, they in the Christian Church, they in the Jewish faith, they in the Muslim faith, they in the Hindu traditions, they in the Buddhist way, all of them are going to struggle. And that's just fine. Let them struggle. That is all a part of the evolutionary cycle. That's part of the outer focus. We are not in that. We are focusing inward. We are focusing into that straight and narrow path. We are not following the cycle of evolution that is on a spiral, ever spiraling, ever moving, around and around, again and again. Buddha called it the wheel of 84. It just continues moving around and around. And very little change takes place. But we have moved into the very center of that spiral. And in the center of that spiral is neutrality. In the spiral itself are the realms of polarity, positive and negative. That's evolution. It's ever caught up in the positive and the negative, the right and the wrong, the yes and the no. And it is ever moving back and forth in that. We've moved to the very center of that spiral. And we are moving up vertically in that straight and narrow path that is leading back to the heart of God. We are not moving on that horizontal spiral flow that is ever moving us out to the edge, out to the edge of whatever plane of evolution that we are caught up on. But rather, we have chosen to look back to the center, back to the truth, and centered ourselves within ourselves by going in meditation, by holding our focus at the seat of the soul, the, the spiritual eye, by looking inward and upward, and focusing on God, sharing our love with God. And in that, moving on that vertical flow back into the oneness, waking up into the divine that we are, knowing ourselves as the souls that we are, the creations of God that we are, and the servants of God that we are as that creation. And so we are walking a very different life, a very different way than a lot of the world. A lot of the world is going to continue walking the path of evolution because that is their destiny right now. That is their choice. And they are choosing to walk that through their choice and following their destiny. Those that walk the path that is the sound and light, they have chosen to move away from their destiny and into the grace, into the greater flow of grace. Now the grace is there serving everyone. And if you are choosing to walk that path of evolution, the grace is right there with you and is going to do everything it can to assist you in this walk on the path of evolution. But it can only assist you so far because it may go forward and clean a little bit of the road before you so that, that the grace is extended and your pathway is a little bit clean. But while it's sweeping away what you've just created, you're inside creating more hate, more judgment, more fear, more disturbance. And so they sweep a few, the grace sweeps a few pebbles out from beneath before you, and you just throw more boulders in front of yourself. And the grace kind of sweeps that up, and you throw more in front of you. That's evolution. But the grace is ever there doing whatever it can to participate with you to make your way as smooth and easy as possible. But when you're walking the path of sound and light, the grace is working with you much more directly through that name of God that is given in initiation. And because you are focusing inward and upward, you are pulling yourself away 
from that involvement of the horizontal movement of consciousness from the realms of evolution, from the action of evolution, and you are pulling yourself into that place where grace resides in you and around you at all times, and you begin to neutralize whatever destinies, whatever karmas reside there in the realms of evolution, you are now letting that come to quiet. And as it comes to quiet, the realms of evolution forget you. It just forgets you. It goes, who? Who's Jim Gordon? And it just leaves you alone so that you can truly, freely rise up back into the heart of God without a lot of things pulling and calling at you to come back and participate again. So as you witness the things that are taking place in the world right now, and there are things taking place politically, economically, and religiously on this planet that are all a part of the old and the new evolutionary cycles coming forward. And there is a budding of heads. There is a friction that is taking place between these two elements. But the new is going to win. The higher frequency, the new frequency that is moving on the planet now and is coming forward, it's going to win. It always wins. It always wins. This is why we don't see dinosaurs anymore. Because of the same energy. And when it finally came to an end, because then it was still caught up in the process of change to destruction, there was a destructive action that took place on the planet, and that evolutionary cycle that was dinosaurs came to a rapid end. And again, a few million years uh, later, there was another destructive action that took place on the planet in order to bring about another change in the evolutionary flow. Well, there doesn't need to be one now to change the evolutionary flow because the Holy Spirit now is enacted an energy of change through change and not destruction. So there isn't going to be the great meteor that comes in and wipes out all of you, all of living existence on this planet so that we have to start out as cockroaches again and, and, and come forward. We will continue on from this place into a new way of doing life if we stay here and the process of evolution. But if we are walking the path of liberation, if we are walking the path of sound and light, if we are truly living the meditative path that has to do with the unspoken name of God, and that comes alive in us and we come alive in it, this could be our last physical incarnation on this planet and in this physical creation. And we can return once again from which we came in the realms of spirit as soul, and live and dwell in the realms of spirit, in the true place, in a true home, where that loving is ever-present. And that's all that there is. It's God's loving. It's God's ever-moving loving that we are all a part of. And as we do practice the name of God, as we do go down, sit down every day and go inside and connect to that inside, we become a part of that living, moving, loving Spirit of God. And we then do not have to return into this existence, into these realms, into this illusion anymore.
and be caught up in it. We have freed ourselves from evolution. We have freed ourselves from our karmas. We have freed ourselves from our debt here and we do not have to return. And we free ourselves by ever chanting the name of God. We must do the work. No one can do the work for you. No one can save you but you. But there are those in the world that know the salvation path. They know the way home. And they can point to it. They can direct you to it. They can guide you. They can remind you where are you going. Step on the path. Where are you going. Get back on that path. Don't go over there. However they might do it. But you've got to make the choices to follow that voice inside that is God. That still small voice, that sound current that is ever calling us home. You have to follow it. You have to follow the light, that inner light that is ever guiding you and calling you and pulling you forward. And you have to follow the inner sound, that name of God, that audible life stream that is ever calling the soul home. It's ever calling. That's the tug you feel. That's the tug that makes you sit down and meditate, even when you don't want to. I'm too tired, I don't want to, but okay, I will. You do it because there's something inside of you stronger than your physical will that makes you do it. Because your soul is stronger than this world. Your soul is stronger than your mind, your emotions, or your body. And as you give it opportunity to demonstrate its strength, its power of loving over all those other elements, it does become a dominant force. And it does take charge over them. So every time you sit down and meditate, you give your soul a little bit more of an opportunity to come forward and to be the one in charge now. No longer is the mind that is the master of the soul and the soul is a slave to the mind. But now the soul is the master of all this creation that is you. And the mind, the emotions, the imagination and the physical body is a willing servant to the soul. It's a willing servant. It says, yes, yes, let's meditate longer. Let's do this more. Let's do it again this afternoon. Let's do it. I like this. I like the peace. I like the rest. I like the quiet. I like what's going on inside of me. I'm feeling more at peace. I don't have all the things stirring up inside. Let's do this more. It takes time for maybe that to happen. For some, it's quicker. For others, it takes longer, depending upon how dominant some of these qualities in us are. So be patient in this process of unfolding. And remind yourself that you can do this in a lifetime if you will be patient and if you will be devoted and disciplined in this action of sitting down and meditating and getting in touch with that divine flow of the Holy Spirit inside. And remind yourself as you're looking at that, that if you're not doing this, you're going to join the path of evolution, which is just fine too, but realize how slow it is, how long it takes, and realize that on that cycle of evolution, you truly are not going to find liberation. You're just going to find yourself going up in that cycle of evolution to a very high level of the mind and you'll look up into the unconscious and maybe glimmer the inner light of your own soul from the soul realm, but you won't know how to get there. 
And then you'll go right back down into the cycle of evolution because it's always moving. It's a river too. And it's ever moving. And it'll take you right back down into the lower realms of the mind, into the emotions, into the imagination, and back into the physical body and physical creations again. That's its flow. But it can't take us into liberation. So... As you enter into this inner path, into this centeredness of this spiral of evolution, realize you are doing yourself, you're giving yourself a blessing, a blessing that you've called for for so long. And you're realizing in that blessing that you're the one who is responsible for yourself. No one else can do it for you. It would be wonderful if truly you could call upon the name of Buddha, or Krishna, or Jesus, or Moses, or Muhammad, and in that call be saved, and that all your sins would be wiped out, all your karma, all your debt would be paid, and that you would be free and liberated, and when you take your last breath, you're going to go to the reward of heaven, of paradise, of nirvana, whatever it might be that you would know it to be. And yet, I know from my inner journeys that if we really truly want to enter those regions that are of God, of the realms of spirit, that we have to call upon the name of God ourselves. But the true name of God, that unspoken name of God that is at the seed of every religion, at every the seed of every religion is the teaching of this unspoken name of God. It started out as a mystical teacher sharing with the disciples the initiation process, initiating them with these names. And as long as the living teacher was giving these names through initiation, it wasn't a tradition, it wasn't a religion, it was a pathway of liberation. But when the teacher is no more there serving the disciples and the community, it begins, to begin, it begins to be caught up in the mind. Mythology gets formed, traditions get formed, laws get formed, rituals get formed, and it all becomes an outer tradition. And that's religion. I'm not talking about religion or outer tradition or outer ritual. I'm talking about the inner form, the interaction, the unspoken name of God that is the seed of all truth. And it's alive here and now. It's alive in you as you are initiated. It's alive in you. It's anchored in you. And it offers you that opportunity to truly walk the spiritual path and to liberate yourself. You liberate yourself by sitting down every day in devotion and sharing your love with God and receiving God's love of just saying, I love you, Lord, and then allowing that love that is of God to come in and be with you. And it's that movement of loving and being caught up in that movement that ever takes us higher and higher and higher on that straight and narrow path, vertical, upward, into the heart of God itself. So as you witness what's going on in this tradition today with the Catholic Church and this outer 
action of a new pope coming forward of the cardinal, cardinals and witness the community of the Catholic Church and the community of the Christian Church and the community of the world welcoming him and wondering about what's going to happen, realize that it is all just a part of the outer. It's a wonderful thing to participate in. It's a wonderful thing to be, be caught up in. I don't know if you witnessed any of, the, of what was going on, but I'm sure a lot of people were excited, thrilled, joyful at this new pope coming forward. Because in the outer ritual, just like in every football game, baseball game, there's excitement, there's enthusiasm. And go, go to a, a political rally. Be present where at, at, the, at the rally of a political figure who wins, and you'll see the excitement. And that's what's taking place now. There's a thrill, there's an outer thrill, a rush. But that all quiets down. That's the way of the world. But inside, that rush is really the movement of grace, the movement of the divine flow of loving that is ever-present. And all we have to do is bring ourselves to that place and live in that. And we are ever caught up in the enthusiasm that is God. God is many things. And one thing, one aspect of God is enthusiasm. And to be caught up in the enthusiasm of God is to be caught up in the joy and the thrill of life and of being a soul, divine. And that is very different from the outer enthusiasm that we might have witnessed today or we might witness at political events or in, in games, sporting games. That's an outer reflection of the true enthusiasm that I'm talking about. And that enthusiasm is that which carries us upward. It ever carries us upward. It's a bubbling joy. It's effervescent. It's just full of this effervescent grace that is ever lifting us up, 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 like the hand of God. It just comes in and it scoops underneath our soul and it takes us up at home. I love the song. When I was a child, I thought it was so wonderful that they actually knew this. He's got the whole world in his, in his hands. Well, I didn't know if he had the whole world in his hands, but I knew he had my soul in his hands. All I had to do was sit down and close my eyes and start praying to God. And that which is the grace, the hand of God, would come in and cup underneath my soul and just lift me up and take me on some wonderful journeys into the realms of spirit and into God's loving. And so I knew that I was in the hand of God. And I remember going to Sunday school and learning this song, He's Got the Whole World in His Hands, and thinking, oh my God, they all know it. And I started trying to talk to some of my friends about, yeah, you know, what do, what do you feel when you feel God coming in and taking you up? They'd, they'd go, what? You know, and I'd, I'd ask the Sunday school teacher and they'd look at me and go, well, that's nice. You know, they thought that was nice that I thought that God was lifting me up. And, and but I, I realized that maybe they didn't quite understand the words of the song. And I've learned 
that in, at least in the Christian community, the songs that I've heard sung, and in the Jewish community, the songs I've heard sung, there's a part of them that knows the truth. And they verbalize it, they sing it, they share it, but they don't know what it really means. And that is, is amazing to me when I look at that, that they know the truth, but they do not know that they know the truth, and they do not know the truth they know. And yet they sing it, they profess it, and they do not know it. So I've learned to just look at that and, and to pay attention to that and to take the truth in from wherever I see it, wherever I hear it. I can go to any church, I can go to any synagogue, I can go to any mosque, and I can hear the words of truth being spoken. I've listened to many evangelists, both on TV and in person, and I'm amazed by what they know. They know so much, but they don't know that they know so much. They know the words, but do they know how to live those words? That's the key. They talk about the power of the name, speak the name of God, all of these different things they say but they do not know how to do it or what that name is or what the true power is or how to live in that power. And it's just amazing to me to hear them do that. I remember being at one service of an evangelical and he was calling forward for the Holy Spirit to come in and to produce healing. And as he was doing this, I mean, he was just speaking all this great wisdom and I was just like in awe of all that he was saying, even though I could see that he didn't really know what he was saying. He knew the words, he had read it in the Bible, he had studied these things, but he didn't know what it meant. He didn't know how to live it in the truest spiritual sense. <clears throat> and then I heard him say, now raise your hands up and claim the power of the name. And everybody started raising their hand. And then I raised my hand, I said, well, I'll do it too. And when I did, the power of the name came in and just hit me. I mean, it just hit me like that. Because I knew the power of the name inside. I knew it. And I felt it move through me and out into the community. And afterward, people were going, I've never felt that before. Did you feel that? Wasn't that great? Well, that was because there was somebody in the community that did know the true power of the name and anchored it for them in that moment. Now, whether they felt that again, I don't know. But even at the end of the service, the minister said, brothers and sisters, I have to tell you, tonight was a wonderful night, for truly the power of the name came forward and manifested itself in a way I've never felt it before. Hallelujah! <laughs> and... I have no idea if it was because I was there, but I do know when I raised my hand, I did feel the power of the name come into its fullness and move. And they felt it at some level. Now, what they did with it afterwards, if that lived on afterwards, I don't know. I never went back. I went and I got what I needed to get from them. And what it was, and what I got every time I went to any of these services, was I realized I already had it. I didn't need to go there to receive anything. I didn't need to go there to be taught anything. I already had it. 
I had the grace anchored in me. I had the living name anchored in me. I had God loving flowing in me and through me. And I didn't need to go anywhere in order to receive it or to understand it or to know how to do it. And that's the key here. There's nowhere you have to go but inside. Sit down, go inside, connect to that truth that is the truth of all things, and live it. You know, sometimes we talk about getting out of body and having out of body travel and meeting the, the teacher on the inner levels as you travel through this. But in truth, it's not about out of body. It's about being here and now, wherever that is for you right now. In your meditation, be here and now and have the experience, whatever that is. And realize that a lot of the experience takes place right here and right now at the seat of the soul. Once the soul has gathered itself back to the seat of the soul and come awake and knowing of itself here, God brings to you everything you need. It is just right here, right now, because you are God present now. You don't have to go anywhere to be with God. You don't have to go anywhere to understand God or to experience anything. It's all right here because you are God. And as God, it is experienced in you now here. There is no outer journey. There is no outer process. There is just awakening. Wake up and know that you are already in the heart of God. Wake up, wake up, wake up. Stop living in the illusion. Stop chasing after beliefs. Yes, Brian and I talk about both our inner experiences and our outer experiences. We talk about getting to the 10th door and stepping out that 10th door and doing the outer journey through the outer realms to the realms of soul. But in truth, that's all taking place right here. Right here. In the seat of the soul. So, stop pushing. Stop working. Stop fretting. Stop judging yourself because you're not doing these things. And just be, be. Be in the moment. Be in the experience that is present for you. Be in the loving. Be in the awakening. Be as a flower. Just opening gradually to that inner light. If you go and you try to force that bud open, you're going to tear it apart and you'll never see the beauty of the flower because you'll rip the petals apart. But if you just allow it to be, that flower will gradually open over time as it is exposed to the light. That light will bring the opening about. And then you can witness the beauty of that flower that is your soul. So just be in the light. Be in that inner light. Be in the glow of God's love. And let God and His light and His wisdom and His loving open your soul in its own way, in its own timing, in its own moment. And you just be there and enjoy every moment of the opening. And have no expectations that you're a pansy, or you're a rose, or you're a daffodil, or you're an iris. Just be whatever you are. And open according to God's timing of you opening in response to that light that is being brought to you now through that action of grace. It's just that simple. It's just that wonderful. 
So in this process, sit and meditate every day and allow yourself to free yourself of this cycle of evolution by chanting the name of God and choosing that inner pathway that is vertical, that is a straight and narrow, and realize one thing. It's been said over and over by so many mystics. It's laid at the feet of Jesus because he's one who said it and they wrote it down in red letter in the Bible saying this is the word of Jesus. But it really is something that all mystics have said. Straight is the way and and narrow is the gate, and few there are that enter in. It may not always be those same words, but it's the same truth. And few there are that enter in. Even those that walk the straight and narrow path and see the gate in front of them, there are many that don't even enter the gate. They don't go through because they have to take responsibility for their thoughts, their feelings, their actions. And they don't want to do it. They still want somebody else to be responsible for them. And they don't enter into that gate. It's only those that take full responsibility for themselves on all levels, physically, all the way up to soul, that enter that gate and truly find liberation. And few there are that enter in. That's why on the path of liberation, there are few compared to the billions of people that exist on this planet today. Yes, there are a lot of people now walking this path. There's greater numbers than ever before. There are spiritual communities of the liberated path that are serving hundreds and thousands and millions of souls. But even in those communities, if they have a million Disciples, not all million of them are truly sitting down every day and meditating. Not all one million of them are walking that path up to the gate and entering in. Few there are that enter in. There are few that are really walking the path with devotion, with dedication, with loving, doing the process every day of meditating, saying the names of God, liberating themselves through that action and allowing the grace to assist them in that practice, in that process. So be aware that that is a truth that you want to look at and realize that if you truly are one that wants to enter in that gate, you have to do the work. You have to be responsible to sit down every day and meditate. Sit down and do your devotion. Be devoted to God. God just wants 10% of your day. That's not so bad. I know people that will give up 10% of their income before they'll give up 10% of their day. Well, that's great, and it serves the communities they give the 10% up to, but that's not going to serve God because God doesn't want your money. God doesn't want anything of your physical life. God wants your spiritual life. God wants your soul back. He's calling you. He's calling you the soul back home through that audible life stream. And you have responded in some way. You're here because you hear the call. You hear, you're here because you feel the call. You're here because you've seen the call. However that has been for you. But you're here because of that. 
And it's up to you every day then to sit down and do the devotion. Devotion just means to love God and to allow God to love you. When we were meditating and Brian was taking us through this process of meditation, God called me up and he said, come up here for a minute, Jim. I want you to see something. And I saw something I've never seen before in my life. I've never been in that perspective. I was up there and I was watching the love of all these souls come up to God. And then I saw God sharing the love and then God waiting for the love to come back. I've always been down here loving God and then waiting for God's love. Well, God's love's always there ready to come back. But when I was up there and I was looking down, I was waiting and it was like, wow, they're busy right now. Hmm. The soul wanted to turn upward and love God, but it was all focused down. And then all of a sudden there'd be a wave of, of love come up and God would go, yeah, so then the love would go right back down to those souls that had give, given love. And that was the river that God is witnessing and participating in. But God's aware that most of the souls are still distracted that are down in this creation. They're still distracted downward and downward. And every once in a while they look up and they go, I love you, Lord. And God goes, yes, thank you. And he just takes it in lovingly. He doesn't have any pressure there was no expectation, anticipation, no disappointment. There was just waiting, being. It was stillness until that wave of love came forward. And then it stirred the new wave of love from God to that soul that shared his loving. And it gave me a whole different perspective. And I'm going to be very busy now, more and more, just loving God all the time, all the time, chanting the name of God inside of me more than I've ever done before. Because I want to be one of the souls that is looking up to God more and giving love more so that God really has a river moving. It's not just in trickles. It's not drip, drip, drip. <laughs> I don't want to be one of the drips. <laughs> I want to be a moving river. I've got to create a river. And I can see now sometimes it's more like a babbling brook or a little stream or, or maybe it's like one of the ravines out here that is a, a wet weather uh, ravine that only runs when, it, when the rains come. I don't want to do that. I don't want to have my river of love dry up from this, this end. I wanted to keep it flowing. And it, it just gave me a different perspective tonight. It was, it was really quite wonderful. And uh, I hope you get something of that as I share it. Uh, and I hope maybe that will stir in you not to let that river of love dry up from you to God. Because the river of love from God to you does not dry up. It's ever flowing. It's ever moving. And it sometimes kind of swoops around us and goes back to God because we just aren't open and participating. But the love is ever there. If you listen, the sound of God is ever present. That call, that name is ever being spoken inwardly. But not all souls hear it. Very few do. But those that do, even those don't listen to it all the time. They don't heed it all the time. They don't love it all the time. They don't allow it in all the time. The more you are witnessing that sound, the more that you're chanting the name of God inside, the more you are a part of that movement of love, that loving river. And the more you're caught up in the world, the more you're distracted into it, the more that loving flow 
just trickles through. It's still moving, but it's just a trickle as we allow it in. We don't allow it in its fullness. But in your meditation, that's where you can allow it to be the fullest. Sit, be vulnerable to that movement, and let God's hand just come in and cup under your soul and lift it free and lift it into liberation. And it will. It really, truly will. Okay, so that was a good question, <laughs> Tucker. <laughs> I knew it was hanging on a question mark. I just had to get the question mark out, and it would be done. Well, uh, Brian and I will be leaving Friday to go to New York to share there with the community that seems to want to be building. Uh, we have one initiate and uh, possible another initiate in New York and one now in Maryland we think is going to be coming. And um, so it feels like a, a New York community is going to be building, so we're going to be sharing up there. And then we're going to be going on to London, and we're going to be there for a few weeks. We'll be returning May 25th. So in, uh, during that time, Bill's going to be doing tape seminars, meditation and tape seminars here. Uh, every Tuesday night from 7 to 9, and I would invite you to come. It's not about myself or Brian being here. It's about you being here. And it's about you building the power of the name up in you. And that's wonderful to do together as a community here in this, in this room as well. It's a place to come and just let the world drop away for a while and be in that grace, be in the peace, be in the movement that we've really built up here. And it's not about our presence, it's about your presence and the presence of the Holy Spirit that is going to come forward because you're here and will work with you in that way. So come, participate, build the community, keep this energy alive. It's only because you come here that the Holy Spirit comes and shares the way it does. And if you started back in 1996, 97 and witnessed the community building, and you see the things that are being shared today, you can see the dynamic of the power of the name that's been built up here and the sharings that are taking place because of that buildup of the power. It's because you come here and you sit in loving, we meditate together, and we honor the Spirit. We love God that this power is ever building into a greater crescendo than ever before. And so while we're gone, Come, keep it alive, keep it building, so that when we do come back, we can keep sharing in this together, in this dynamic flow. Laura? It's also interesting to listen to a talk that you may have heard before. 
maybe recently, maybe three or four years ago, and to hear it again, because you hear another level of it. And all of a sudden you go, oh, oh, now I get it. You know, sometimes we need to hear it over and over and over till we finally get it. I cannot tell you how many times I have shared the same thing over and over and over and over. And I look at God and I go, okay, one more time. <laughs> you know, and I don't mind doing it. I love doing it because it's in the flow. That's the only reason I do it. I would not do it if it was out of the mind. It's not the repetition of the mind. It's the movement of the loving. And sometimes we just need to hear it repeated over and over until finally we go, oh, I get it. I remember one time I was sharing in Colorado. And as I was sharing, all of a sudden this woman just got so excited. And she stood up afterwards. She said, I get it. I get it. I can't believe how many times I've heard you say it. I never understood it. And all of a sudden it just registered. Now I know what you mean. And that's how this works. So come and if you have heard the tape before, listen to it again. If you haven't heard it before, listen to it and, and get the depth out of it as well. Be as present with that as you are if we were here physically. And, and truly it is true. It's the spirit that's present. It's not the body. It really is the spirit. So I invite you all to come and we'll be back for a whole month through June. Um, and so we'll be here until July 1st and we'll be gone for a month again to, to Hawaii to serve the community over there and to serve us as well through a little bit of vacation time. <laughs> Does we take vacation in Hawaii, not in England, but <laughs> I wonder why that is. <laughs> so, but we'll see you again very soon and hold us in your thoughts and prayers as we go to these communities to serve them and, and hold the light. And when you're here on Tuesdays, call on the light for us and ask the light to go present with us and and, and to be with us as we do this action. Because the, the island community is building. And uh, our, our initiates family is really growing greatly. And uh, the way it's growing mostly is through the loving that is built here. You're the foundation upon which all this is being built. And uh, for that I'm very, very grateful. So thank you all and we'll see you when we get back. <laughs>